oh, you have baggage. Like, what is that baggage? How many children do they have? That's the baggage. And, like, you know, and that's not it. The baggage is truly the psychological effects that this previous relationship had on that person. I get the metaphor, though. It's this big, clunky thing that you're carrying around that needs to be unpacked. Yes. And once it is, is no longer this heavy thing that you're carrying. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself then others like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. (laughs) I recorded and then Matt sneezed. (laughs) Yeah, I've been waiting for a long time (laughs) to sneeze. (laughs) Remember the Spanish word for sneeze, Matt? No. It came up yesterday and I couldn't remember and I had to look it up. And it is the dumbest word. It's so long. I already forgot it. <laughs> yeah, what is it? That's a good story. No, oh, such a good story. Um, look it up. Look it up. Look it up while I pull up our latest like, rating and reveal. Saldes Nudar or something weird. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me look it up. It's not that, but it's like that. It's like it, people. <laughs> Somebody sitting Jayla there. was like, it takes longer to say that word than it does to, to say sneeze than it does to sneeze. Estornudar. Estornudar. Sí. Who came up with that? Ya me acuerdo. Estornudar. <laughs> Here you go, Matt. Oh, uh, am I the official rating and review reader? You do yeah. the best job. Okay. This one says, new addition to daily routine. I stumbled upon this podcast after hearing Jessica as a guest on another podcast where she shared her story, experiences, as a stepmother. From episode one, I was hooked, and the podcast is now what I listen to as I travel to and from work. I love the relationship you all have built with one another and how you share everything in such a candid way, from the good to the bad to the ugly. As a stepmother myself, I appreciate hearing how you all approach your situation and co-parent together. Side note, I died laughing <laughs> when I listened to the episode about the Pepto, a.k.a. Pesto, <laughs> that was delivered to Steve when he was sick. As in, I played it three times in a row while sitting at a stoplight and was crying because I was laughing so hard. Pretty sure the trucker ne- beside me thought I needed medical help by the time the light turned green. Probably needed some Such pesto. a great story. <laughs> Yeah. Send us your address. We'll send you some pesto. (laughs) (laughs) I love that, though. Like, that just says something about our relationship, Jessica, is whatever I need, you're going to drop everything and get it for me, even if it's hand delivered pesto. (laughs) It makes no sense why you. I'm low on pesto. pesto. SOS. Please send pesto. (laughs) On my way. On my way. I was there really fast, yeah. too, with the pesto. Yeah. It's almost like you pesto. forgot your snacks or something. Yes. Oh <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Last night I brought up the snacks because I was in the kitchen. I was so tired. Preparing snacks for Penny. I, I was putting together a snack bag for Penny for her meat because mm. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get in or not. So, but I got in. I had to make Did sure you have to she sneak in. <laughs> so, so Penny's swim meets, 
because of COVID, I guess, is why they do this, or I don't even know all the reasons, but I think it's just parents can't I, go. I truly think it's a way that they've figured out how to get actual volunteers. Oh, that the only way you can come to the event is if you are signed up if as you a volunteer. volunteer timer for yeah. a specific time slot. Or is a it? A timer or a team chaperone or what are yeah. the other positions? I guess yeah. just those. That's it. Let's so now they have a, an abundance. It makes sense because back then we were all there and they were begging. They're like, parents, we need five more timers, please. You know what's funny, though, is this morning we're sitting there in the stands 10 minutes before the meet's supposed to start and they were short timers. Really? And yet all of these parents want to be there. And couldn't fill and slots. Couldn't, they couldn't. The slots were already full from what we could tell. And they're missing timers. <sighs> what the heck? <laughs> Jessica told me if she couldn't get in with a timer slot, <laughs> she was going to put on a high school hoodie and just, and what else? And grab was, a swim backpack and just walk right into the meet pretending like she's one of the kids. <laughs> I did. I did consider that as a possibility. Just dressing up like a swimmer. I just think it's so sad that these kids don't have somebody there, especially the little kids, like 12 yeah. and unders. They're... Even Penny when... Yeah. But I wasn't sure either of us were going to be going. She doesn't like She's going like, well, by herself. Well, I, what about, you know, and I was like, well, you'll have a team. Who's going to, who's going to wrap my events on my leg? <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. If you're not a swim parent, you she would never know about. Yeah. I love it. Though, I had no idea about that this. This is, this is an, like a, not an industry standard. Not, a, it's not an industry. <laughs> what is it? A, <laughs> It's a cultural thing for swimmers. <laughs> that you take a Sharpie at the beginning of your meet, you draw out a chart, <laughs> a grid system on your quad, and you fill in what event, what heat, what lane, and what what stroke are you yeah. doing. I always add a column for what place are you going to get, and I fill it with ones. <laughs> <laughs> Penny doesn't think I'm funny. I think she probably loves it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think it's hilarious. So every kid out there, yeah. When I first has, saw this, because I get anxiety when somebody wants to write this on, drawn me. on their on their leg. You yeah, get anxiety Matt, when what? When somebody wants to write. When somebody's like threatening to write on me, like I don't like Matt. writing on me. Like, anyways, he literally freaks out. If you want to piss off Matt, you draw on him like a line, and he will freak out. Another thing for you to explore in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> what was the last thing? I don't remember. Oh, there's several of them, Steve. Do we want to discuss them all? Something a few weeks ago. We're probably going to get into a couple of things today. Yeah. Yeah. You start start off with the pen markings. Steve just asked if Matt was ready to talk about our topic today. It's about you two. Yeah. Okay, but before we get into that, thank you for the writing and review. Super appreciate it. We love reading these, and I love that you guys like laugh with us along with cry with us and all of the things so i love hearing those and i love I being think, reminded of our stories of pesto yeah <laughs> i think they sometimes were laughing at us i'm okay with that as well yeah. <laughs> if it brings a smile to somebody's face i'm here for it or if they feel if they feel something i'm here for it <laughs> laugh at us it's okay Second thing is just a reminder that if you want to submit a question or an insight or a like you're listening to the episode and you're like, oh, I want to talk to them, send us a voice message on Instagram and we will answer it the fourth Wednesday of each month. So we'll take any questions that we get and we'll answer them. We cool. really- and I, 
I like the voice idea. Yeah. yeah, we really would love to have it in a voice message so we can actually use the audio. And I haven't figured yeah, like, out. To play the message and yeah. actually have you ask the question. Yeah. But if that does not work for you, you can email me, Jessica at theboldlogic.com and send your questions in that way. So you've got, well, this will drop the first week of March. And the first time we're doing this is at the end of March. So you can send those in and we will answer your questions. We're recording, correct? We are, we're recording. I already checked uh, a couple times. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Ever since your sneeze. Yes. Yes. And it was recording. It got your sneeze, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if they'll actually put it in the podcast, but... I sneezed at work the other day and was like chastised. By it was that, now such a violent sneeze. <laughs> Steve is a violent <laughs> sneezer. Literally, it was like, Steve, do not sneeze that violently ever again in this office. <laughs> Who was it that chastised? Trista. We share an office now. I moved my yeah, desk yeah, yeah. out of the warehouse and into the office and... That's so funny. Now there are rules. Sneezes need to be, you know, scaled back a little. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing that I need to let you guys about. I am going to be... Let us about? Yeah, let you guys about. (laughs) I think she forgot the word no. (laughs) Say it for me. Let you guys know about? What we are going to let you guys know about... Is that at the end of the, this month as well, I am opening up my free workshop. So I will be hosting my free workshop at the end of this month. And it is specifically for individuals who are going through what I went through with Steve. So if you have had a partner or spouse come out in your relationship and you are trying to figure out your thoughts and feelings around that, this is for you. And it is going to help you gain some clarity and get you started off in the right direction with that. The link is in our show notes. It is www.theboldlogic.com forward slash free workshop. She's practiced that one. Well, you so nailed it. Aren't you, aren't you guys proud of me that so I actually proud. remember the... <laughs> Good job. You didn't leave anything out of that. Yeah. Unlike that phrase a few... I'm glad you didn't back. put four W's in the front. <laughs> well, the other thing is... You don't need the W's, isn't that correct? No, nope. that's a very 90s, <laughs> yeah. 90s thing. Somebody to sent include. us a message and they were like, Steve. HTTP. Do I, do I say W? No, listen. Oh. <laughs> they sent a message and they said, Steve, thank you for getting Jessica to stop saying WWW. Oh, <laughs> I was real worried though. Well, for she, a did, she did just say it. It's just <laughs> habit, you guys. Go to theboldlogic.com forward slash free workshop. First, go to the interweb. (laughs) (laughs) I love calling it the interwebs. (laughs) Do you know what WWW stands for? World World Wide Web. Web. Cool. That was a trivia question in one of Hank's classes this last semester. Oh. If they knew what WWW stood for. And who did? Did he know? No, none of them knew. (laughs) (laughs) That wouldn't surprise me. I'm a little surprised I know, but yeah, I do. Yeah, that surprised me, actually. Did I know? Yeah. Look at me go, Matt. I think you were relying on Steve oh, to say No, I knew what it was. I, <laughs> I legit knew what that stand for. What that stood for. <laughs> Apparently, I shouldn't talk today. Okay. <laughs> I guess only Matt will talk about your marriage. Cool. <laughs> That'd be interesting. I'd like to just hear Matt talk about our marriage. <laughs> I'm not okay. sure what aspects of your marriage you're going to talk about today. I know you said it was like meshing your 
Yeah. Wearing some mesh. Wearing some mesh. (laughs) (laughs) That did happen and has happened. (laughs) You didn't. I haven't. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) I have, actually. (laughs) I've got several meshy outfits. I'm sure you do. (laughs) Good for Saturday nights. Heck yeah. Okay, anyways. Sorry. Let's digress. (laughs) (laughs) I had one more thing. Oh, maybe I was just thinking about my earrings. So I put in, put my second holes back in. Mm-hmm. Like, I have three in one ear and two in the other, but I took them out years ago, right after the prophet came out and told us to only have one ear piercing. Was that Hinkley? I believe so. I think so. That was a while ago. It was a long time ago. I had just gotten them done like a month or two before. They just like healed up and we're good to go. And somebody ratted you out <laughs> to the prophet. Yeah, and he said to get rid of them, <laughs> Not really. Jessica. Yeah. So Matt didn't believe me that the prophet actually said that. I still don't. I Why? feel like somebody should back me up here. Well, somebody, no, I, please. I'll back you up. <laughs> that was a thing. I just wanted to see the quote. I was, I'll look it up. I was taught. Or somebody said well, I think we tried to look it up. No, I was didn't. taught to judge I people did. who I had mul- multiple piercings. You were taught to judge people. <laughs> I'm sure I wasn't, but I did. Really? Yeah. I remember being critical of people that had multiple ever piercings for not following the counsel of the prophet. I don't ever remember looking at people's ears. See, and I just <laughs> I just put mine back in recently because I wanted to see how I felt about it now as an adult. If I like it, if I mm. don't. And it isn't as much of a stigma now as it was when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. And I just want to see how I felt. I didn't like the third one. So that one's not back in. It was right in the same category as drinking caffeinated soda. I feel like it was in the same category as tattoos. Really? Oh. Yeah, I felt it was Which more... Which is up a notch from soda. I thought <laughs> yes. it was kind of a... Like, it's been <laughs> put out there, but it's like not going to stop you from being temple-worthy or anything, but it's kind of a a demonstration of like, how serious are you really about keeping the commandments? Yeah. That's how I took it in my very self-righteous... No, I agree. ...critical of other people type of way. I agree. And you, I, drink, you drink Coke? Oh, you're not really a good Latter-day Saint, are you? <laughs> the reason Steve married me, I didn't. I only had one ear piercing. I did <laughs> not drink caffeinated drinks because I had heart problems. <laughs> and at the time, no tattoos. And at the time, I had no tattoos. <laughs> then he divorced me. But the me, one so you I got, got I'm to blame for, really. Yes, it's your fault. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the one that you're the caused the midlife crisis. I have that... a tattoo and that I swear. <laughs> Well, your mom is the reason that I swear, so. Yeah. You're also the reason my mom swears. <laughs> That's really what it is. There's a lot I'm of not, blaming going on I'm not on sure right why now. that is and where that ever came from, but when we have your mom on the podcast, we'll have to explore that. Make sure she swears. Yeah. When is she coming? I don't know. We also She's have a part two a with while, Craig, so. don't we? Yeah. Part two, maybe yeah, through 17. Okay. Let's have them on this summer. I've, have them on this summer, people. So because they're gone, I've been substitute teaching... Oh, yeah. Kathy's students. That's been fun. Piano. Get back into piano. I don't do much with piano anymore, except when they travel and then I sub her students. It's kind of fun. I just listened to a podcast the other day and the lady's like, I hate it when podcasts have a bunch of fluff at the beginning and they just talk. Me too. (laughs) Fast forward, people. (laughs) You're not our target audience. Anyways, Penny's thinking about getting a second. I wonder if that was why, because of yours. And so, no, she's been thinking about it, and then she's been more vocal about it because I put mine in. I think it'd be cute on her. Yeah, I I told her she can do what she wants. I haven't heard any of these vocals come out of her. It's just been recent, like in the last week, that she said 
And I checked with Steve the other day to see what he thought. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, and he doesn't care. And then I figured I'd tell you when we did it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have it done. What just happened? Matt just like looked down at his microphone real serious. Are you putting your nose on yeah, your mic? Yeah, put my nose on. Oh, <laughs> I did not know what was going on. That's <laughs> Steve's doing it. Everybody put your nose on your mic. I don't know why that's a thing, but <laughs> we're doing it. Okay, so today, well, and this month, honestly, we are talking about when you first get remarried. Do you call it remarried? Yeah, why not? That's what well, I always feel like people married think maybe again. I'm talking about Oh, the same person. The same person. Oh. But I always call it remarriage. Like when Matt and I got married, married. I got remarried. Yeah, remarried. That's a, yeah, you say that yeah. like if you've been married once and now you're getting married a second time yeah. to a different person. It's redo. It's a redo. Do over. Just say yeah. Do over do marriage. Over. <laughs> do over marriage. <laughs> <laughs> that would be if you were marrying the same person. A do over. Yeah. Okay. So I can say is remarriage. Yeah. But I just know that it took a long time for us to mesh. And we've talked about this before, but I feel like that it's worth revisiting. Okay. So let's talk about that. Getting married a second time. What What's different about it than the first? Well, I mean, for us, we both got married the first time pretty young. I was a little older than me when he got married the first time. I was 24. Yeah. And honestly, Matt had a kid going into his first marriage. I was going to say this. Yeah. The difference was, too, for us is that we had kids going into our second marriage, but mm. Matt had that the first time. Yeah, that's interesting. That was not a new aspect. So, so I felt like I was a little bit more matured in that aspect than Jessica was. A little life experience. <laughs> <laughs> just all, all smug <laughs> but i no, also but that is wonder true. if if that impacted how you came into our marriage some because you never got to experience a marriage with just you and your wife never you've never had that no and you have yeah so like steve and i spent five years long time yeah mm-hmm. just getting to know each other right it was just us. And I've never had that with a spouse. That's interesting. Yeah. And there's something to be said for that. Like, I mean, I'm sure yeah. anyone who didn't experience that, Matt, or, you know, someone who very quickly had babies with their spouse, has got to be a very different experience than what we've yeah. had. So we are just speaking from our experiences, as always, <laughs> to get you thinking about <laughs> Thank you for that clarification. Your experiences and how you might feel about them. But so we're going into this marriage. We're older. We're both more set in our ways. We've both been married. We've both been single. So we know we don't really need we've both have this our, other ha- person. Had our own children. Yeah. We have our own. Your own routines. Your routines. Own habits, your own careers, your own. A lot of things were established that in the first marriages were not yet established. Well, and a lot of those things had been established and guards had been put up. Or safeguards, or not so safeguards, had been put up, and we were getting used to those routines. I was at least in your first marriage. Second, no, he's talking about in between my first marriage and my second marriage. I had been putting up safeguards to try and protect myself against the negative experience you'd had in your first. Yeah, for example, a bank account that was (laughs) encrypted by seven different countries that nobody could ever get into. (laughs) Including his wife. (laughs) Well, when we got married, yes. But then I had to get permission 
with that encryption through <laughs> the, the various presidents of all of these countries. <laughs> but that was something that was very scary for you. Absolutely. And that's why I received... It had caused me much heartache and stress and bankruptcy and all kinds of stuff that I never imagined that I'd ever go through in my entire life. Okay, so I have a question around that. Okay. Knowing like where we are today yeah, with we have meshed the bank accounts and all of the things and we are in a good place with how we deal with finances between each other. Yeah. And I'm saying this, I'm thinking, at least I think we are. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we are. Yes. Okay, good. Feeling is mutual. Unless you just don't know about Matt's other bank account. (laughs) And I might not, and that's okay. (laughs) As long as the one she knows about has enough in it. (laughs) Zip it, Steve. Honestly, though, I've heard people say that you should always put a little aside that just you know about. And you've done that. Just in case there's something. Yeah, but not really. Like right now, I don't have any. I have $10 that you don't know about. (gasps) But apparently you do know. (laughs) And it doesn't bother me. No. But I think that... You know, having, says a, that and why? having a little extra might not be a bad idea. Mm. I've just, and it's, I think it's especially from people who have come from a trauma situation and now are married just so that they feel safety and that they have like a backup, not like a ton of money, but just yeah. like it's a security. Thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But also maybe be honest about that with your partner. Right. Okay. So, anyways, what I was going to ask is knowing now where we were, I didn't know what you had been through with Anne. And finances, and finances yeah. in your first marriage. And so I didn't understand why you didn't trust me at the beginning of our marriage yes, with money. I can see that. And so, but then once you told me all of everything you'd been through, I understood completely. I was like, oh, okay, he just needs some time to feel like he can trust me. Yes. And I was able to then give you that time and not feel like I was just getting handed a check. Yeah. And then questioned about what I was spending. Do you think you would, going back, it would have been beneficial if you'd told me that earlier? Yeah. Yeah. But it, would have, it would have been beneficial if you would have asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes, it, it would be extremely beneficial if you were to disclose and be, here's, here's the thing that I think has changed a lot in the last five years even. Mm-hmm. is that I have learned to become a lot more vulnerable with people who are close to me mm-hmm. and sharing my vulnerability of, hey, this is, I went through this and it wasn't fun. And so I'm going to talk to you about it and share with you what I've learned. Yeah. And so it would have been so much more beneficial if I was more vulnerable with you. Now, I say the word vulnerable, but just sharing that, hey, this is where I'm at with this situation in my life, and there may be some issues that are tied to it. I don't know of them yet, but here they are, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I mean, yes, absolutely. Looking back, if I were to tell my, how old was I when we got married? 28? Something like that? I have like no that? idea no. how old you were. No, I wasn't 28. I was, we're, we've been married, married for, almost nine years. Yeah. You were like 30-something. Yeah. I would have told myself, hey, like, share this. You went through this. You lost this home. You lost this. You <laughs> so, yeah. so have a conversation with your new wife about your stance on finances. Oh, absolutely. And 
your negative experience with it in the past and the things that you want to implement in your marriage to make sure those things don't repeat. Yeah. Well, and even at that point, I don't even know if either of us understood, like, I don't know if you understood kind of like what you just said, what your issues were going to be. No, I didn't. Getting comfortable with identifying those as you went. And I realized at some point it wasn't about me. And it took me a long time to let go of that and remember that it was not about me. These struggles you were having, yes, I was the one receiving kind of the, I don't know, I want to say not consequence, not like, I was feeling the effects of your insecurities in our marriage. Yeah. But it wasn't because you felt that about me. It was just because you were projecting, you were struggling to figure out what you had dealt with before. You were processing. Yeah, you were affected by his prior experience yeah. with someone else. Which, Which I, going into a second marriage, that's that's what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. That is the what whole, you're dealing with. <laughs> the whole courtship. This is or, baggage. Yes. You're dealing with the baggage from their prior relationship. Yeah, and, and I don't necessarily like that term because anytime somebody says baggage, it's like a negative connotation of, Oh, you have baggage. Like, what is that baggage? How many children do they have? That's the baggage. And like, you know, and that's not it. The baggage is truly the psychological effects that this previous relationship had on that person. I get the metaphor though. It's this big clunky thing that you're carrying around that needs to be unpacked. Yes. And once it is, is no longer this heavy thing that you're carrying. Well, and even once you share the contents of that with people close to you, you don't have to do that all at once. But the more Matt shared that with me, the contents of what he was really bringing, the more I could see it wasn't me and, and be more understanding to where you were coming yeah, from. Yeah, and the more liberating it was for me yep. to know that there was somebody there also to understand those things. Not completely, because you can only truly understand somebody else if you actually had experienced what they experienced. But- you can have an open mind of understanding. You can be empathetic. Correct. And see, oh, okay, this makes sense though, why he would be acting this way or why I would have been acting the way I was towards you. Yeah. And it went both ways. I don't want to make it sound like it was just Matt's issue. When we first got married, there were plenty of- Now, here's, here's one of the other things that I was thinking about. It was actually a couple of weeks ago and I don't know why I started thinking about it, but here's now for the first time I'm- experiencing an actual conversation with my wife, right? Because at any time, if Anna and I were having a difficult conversation, she immediately would hang up, like hang up the phone, close off, leave, whatever. Like it would just be stopped. Like Mm. can't have any difficult conversation. It's stopping now. And we wouldn't talk about it ever again, or maybe another month until it came up again. Right. And so if I were to have a conversation of, hey, we really need to watch what we're spending our money on or the amount of text message that we're sending, because at that time, you know, you were paying yeah. per text, right? Yeah. How old are you? Sheesh. <laughs> and so I, re- I do remember, and I, I don't remember if I shared this, but I remember getting a bill text messaged over to me mm-hmm. from Verizon telling me what I owed. Four text messages. Yeah, for my phone bill. Mm-hmm. And I remember exactly where I was sitting in what church it was at what pew and where I was receiving this text message. And I read it and our bill was almost $900. Wow. I didn't have that money. And 
I immediately looked over to my left where she was sitting and I showed her the text message and it was just an automatic shut off, right? And so what I'm getting at is when I first got married to you and you were actually wanting to have these conversations and continue the conversation until it was actually taken care of, I didn't know how to deal with that. It freaked you out. I didn't know how to complete that conversation so that we could move on. It was always before, so hang, hang up the phone. So clearly hang discussing up. difficult yeah. topics had not been an option before. No, and I was and trying therefore, to... in a scenario like this, particularly difficult conversations around finances. So therefore, you having this conversation with Jessica, your new wife, about finances and watching what you spend... It was about anything. ...was right. a traumatizing thought for you, or at least a very daunting thought for you because of how negatively it had gone. Yeah. Well, that, it, that explains a lot. It was interesting because it sent you into a very similar pattern of how she reacted to you. Right. You started reacting to me. And I had to try and figure out how do I pull myself out of Dude, this? Yeah. I think we all sometimes will, like we go through this scenario in our head where if I say the following or do the following, they're going to react in this way. And you then in your head, it's like it already happened and you treat... Mm-hmm. that person as if they've already responded negatively to whatever the thing is you brought up. And I, I, I have to wonder if that was yeah. the scenario of like you treating Jessica the way you felt like you would need to treat her if she responded negatively to that conversation before it ever even came up. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I've, I've never been in an abusive relationship. And so I don't know like physical, emotional and none of those, at least not that I've allowed to continue. So I think it's interesting because, Matt, I feel like that was a form of, like, abuse in your relationship or, oh, yeah. you know, and so you had this traumatic and then you perpetuated that onto me and because you didn't know how to handle it any other way, which I've never thought about that. I always think, why do people who have gone through something so hard then perpetuate that forward? But it makes sense because you're protecting yourself. You right. don't know any other way to act. So you're going to act the way you were treated because you felt like the person who did that was protecting, they were protected. Right. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. Never thought about and that. And it's scary. Yeah. Well, and it honestly, for me, for years into our marriage, Matt, made it hard for me to talk to you about things. Right. And you you know this. Right. Because. You didn't want to get hung up on. I didn't want. Yeah. I didn't want you to leave. Yeah. You would always shut down and leave our house yeah. for hours. Yeah. And sometimes. That was would, me hanging up on you. Yeah, exactly. And so it was scary for me then and nobody, to bring up our and, conversation. And honestly, nobody ever deserves to be hung up on. Like, no. I don't remember the last time somebody truly like hung up on me because they were so angry with me. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not. No. Yeah. And it's not, it's not mature. And it solves nothing. No, it solves nothing. And it, if anything, it just keeps. It's, yeah, it's the opposite of. It's the hamster wheel. Yeah, yeah it, like it, it will. It takes something that's already a problem and now makes it a bigger problem. Yeah, keeps you trapped. Yeah. yeah, and I think too, like I was throwing myself into this, trying to prove myself. And I've talked about this where I just, I constantly felt like I needed to prove myself to you and to your kids and to your ex-wife and to all of these people to show that I could do it. And so I was giving away who I was, and therefore I wasn't happy. Yeah. Because I was giving up myself. And then at some point, I came back from that and realized I have to stop giving up myself. And I think it was at that point that you started seeing Jessica's okay. Yep. I'm going to be okay. I'm not ruining her life. Yeah. 
and it started healing things. But it took us good three years. Yeah. People always ask, well, how long has it taken? I said it was three years. Still working on it. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah. In ways, we're still sure. healing all of that. And we've gotten way more sensitive to each other in that process, though, yeah. and understanding. And that's this, good. This is all interesting to me because I am realizing during this conversation that I'm now in that position. Jalen and I are not married, but we are newly in this relationship, committed relationship, living together for several months now. And like these are, you know, we've had some conversations about finances. They were not negative, really. I mean, it went just fine. But there were definitely things that came up that I'm like, oh, this explains a little bit. Like, yeah. And I'm just, I'm glad we're talking about this because I can benefit from these things. And <laughs> yeah. Realizing, okay, these are things I need to be aware of as I move forward in this new relationship to be sensitive. Yeah. Yes. And that talking about hard things doesn't mean, like, I never wanted Matt to feel like he was the issue. I just wanted to help our relationship and figure out how we could do that. But I think whenever I brought things up, Matt felt very attacked. Yep. And so he shut down and then it created this whole stream of emotions and feelings that we then spiraled out of control over and over again. Yeah. And and honestly, the financial side of it was was probably the biggest trigger for me. Mm. But at the same time, I mean, that's it's just one of many. Yeah. I read a book a couple weeks ago called Tribe that yeah. talks about, have you read it? Seth Godin. Yeah. Okay. About PTSD. Mm-hmm. And it talks about, and it's specifically referring to like PTSD for people who are in the military and now have PTSD in scenarios that, you know, social scenarios or crowded spaces, small spaces or loud sounds or... And it something I didn't know about PTSD is that it does, it serves the purpose of, it is your body going into survival mode yep. when there are things that it senses could be a threat to your existence. It causes you to have physiological reactions that make you want to get out of there, to get you the heck out of that scenario that could threaten your existence. And to someone who has had their existence threatened in war, being in, and they, you know, they, the example they gave was being in a subway on a subway platform can be very challenging for someone with PTSD. It's a tight space, very few exits, loud sounds, lots of people, all of which are strangers. Yep. And a lot of them feel the need to just turn and run. And it's because your or body... Or punch somebody in the face. Or, yeah, yeah, or fight. And it's because your body thinks this is a scenario I that is, you, you are in danger and you could die in yep. this scenario. But it's not. It's not a life-threatening scenario. And there are ways to, therapy can help reduce that and how you have to train your body that no these circumstances that seem similar and seem life-threatening are not this is not the same scenario that was life-threatening to me and i can see some of those similarities oh you very very anytime you found yourself in a scenario that resembled the situation where you did in fact have face obviously not life-threatening but your well-being was negatively affected and now anytime you're in a situation that resembled that you felt these so at the beginning of our marriage, like one of the things, and I don't, I don't think I've ever shared this with Jess, actually. You, <laughs> you, Jessica. like one of the things that did trigger me was that you occasionally would go out and go to a club, right? Mm-hmm. With some friends. That was something that triggered me because. You had experience with that. I had experience and a bad experience that my previous wife, she would go out with friends and not come home until like three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, she wasn't doing things that... She wasn't dancing. Yeah. She wasn't just having fun. Right. Well, she was having fun, but not in the way I was. (laughs) 
Right. But you know what's interesting, Matt, is I used to check in with you about that all the time. Are you sure you're really okay with me doing this? Because I didn't want to cross that. those conversations I had had previously with my previous wife, where she would ask me the same questions, Uh and I would say, yeah, I have a problem, and then she would hang up on me. Mm. Oh. So even if you did have a problem with it, you felt like you couldn't say that? I couldn't say that. So did you have a problem with it, Matt, that you didn't express to her? I mean, it sounds like it's a yes. But even though so, even though Jessica was, but that trust was built because there was nothing. There was no funny business going on, right? So after I did, I didn't do this a ton. No, no, it was but just the handful a of times, times I went after that happened a couple of times. Did you feel more confident that it was? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because you said what you were going to do. You said you. Anyways, you knew it was the truth. Yes, that I actually did what I was saying I was doing, and yep. And you came yeah. with us a couple, like once I Halloween, did. we went out dancing. Okay, and stuff. Yeah, that was fun. It was fun. But just be cognizant of the fact that hey, your spouse might be saying, "Hey, yeah, you're totally good with that," but they may have had a prior experience yeah. that in their just, head they're really spiraling. They might feel- yeah. They might because feel, it blew up on them when they uh, truly spoke their mind. So they might feel obligated to be on board with something, to say they're on board with something that they're really not. Correct. Mm-hmm. But it all stems from being in a relationship where you aren't open and honest truly with that other individual. Right? Yeah. And right now, Steve's mind is like blown because I don't think Steve ever had, well, you guys had this open and honest relationship yeah. and you shared everything, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas... I didn't have that. No, you didn't. And that was something we figured out pretty quickly. I mean, we came from two totally different ideas about relationships. Right. Because I had come from one where even though my husband was gay and looked at pornography and had done things that, you know, weren't in line with my values or how I viewed my marriage. Didn't didn't exactly fit in fidelity. and Yeah. Yeah. It didn't feel loyalty loyalty to me. It was okay. It wasn't okay, but we were able to have a good relationship because he was honest with me about it. Not that he told me every little thing, but that we were able to communicate about it at least. And so there was just a huge difference. I was ready to come in and be trusting and open and have these hard right. conversations. And you were very much not. And I could not understand I was like, why. Pumping not. the brakes, <laughs> like, what the heck? What is this? It was a lot different. Yeah. And there's also so many dynamics that get thrown in that we have not even touched on of we have kids that we parent completely different and our priorities in that parenting are different. We have two different co-parents that we get along with in very different ways Mm -hmm. and that we, you know, engage with in different ways. And all of these things, I mean, usually, ideally, you're just trying to deal with each other's families. Like brothers, sisters, mother and father-in-laws and those types of things where we're adding on this whole huge dynamic of co-parenting. And I... With our own children, yeah. I get why second marriages fail. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, divorce is a high rate. Like there's a super high rate of divorce, but it's even higher for second marriages and it makes complete sense to me because we were there. And it's funny because I think the opposite, at least in my mind, looking back, I think that I thought someone who gets married a second time now has it figured out. Like the first marriage (laughs) was a mess. It was with the wrong person. And 
you know, they've been thank through goodness it once, they got so... out of it. Now they're with someone who's a better fit and they know what they're doing and <laughs> yeah. all's good. But no, you're, it is probably harder than the first. Well, it's breaking down those barriers that have been put up for so many years sometimes. Yeah. And trying to figure out how to navigate those. I'm having so many aha moments in this. That's oh, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> about my current relationship, about several of my past relationships, about just understanding you guys' relationship a little more. Yeah. But I brought a lot of, uh, you don't like this word, map of baggage. I don't know what to say, but my, right. my previous experiences caused me to react to boyfriends in a certain way that was very much a reaction to my previous experiences, not not something pertaining to that specific interaction with that specific person. And I don't know, I'm just, some of that's making sense to me now. Cool. Yeah. Therapy. 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 Podcast therapy, therapy works. <laughs> yeah. So one of the reasons that I really feel strongly that we need to keep coming back to the fact that Matt's and my marriage was really hard at the beginning. And it still has hard moments in different ways. I feel like it's it's very different. Is because I think often we see families and couples and relationships and we think, oh, this is just easy. Like they don't have. <laughs> They've got it good. They Their don't have is... any problems. Everything's fine. And good marriages have hard things. Good relationships have hard things. You're not going to avoid that ever. No. And you don't do yourselves ourselves any favor by comparing our relationship, of which we know all the details, good and bad, to a relationship of which we only know the good yeah. details that are shown on the surface. <laughs> it's not going to size up. It's not going to look good in comparison. Never. So you gotta, you've you've got to know what you just said, Jessica, is that that relationship that you're seeing that looks perfect, you are only seeing the sides of it that look perfect. A lot of times, yeah. Yeah. And it's. I'm not saying like anybody's at fault for not sharing their dirty laundry. Like <laughs> You don't need to. But I also feel like we've opened ourselves up to this and want to make sure people know that it's okay to go through hard stuff and you can get through it. And sometimes you don't need to get through it. Like you can remove yourself from the situation if it's too much. But I am really glad we made it through. Well, that's good. Yeah. Thanks, babe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's been a lot of work, but we are, uh, we're doing good. <laughs> what? <laughs> Funny reaction. <laughs> this is the thing about Matt. <laughs> Even if Matt's like super excited about something, you're not going to know it unless you really know Matt. Poker face. I remember when we got engaged, Matt was very excited we were getting married. But if somebody, <laughs> but we'd tell somebody, yeah, we're getting married and I'd be all excited. And Matt's just like, yep, yeah, engaged. like, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm engaged. Like, no big... No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny. Like, even when you went to the Super Bowl last weekend, yep. <laughs> you wouldn't have known how excited he was unless you really knew Matt. It's also, true. You do have a tendency to downplay pretty big things. <laughs> oh, he totally does. A hundred percent. That award you got at the ClickFunnels event? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't want to talk about that. It's like, oh, it's just this thing that he got. And then I'm like, wait a minute. That thing is like that thing? That's that's a big deal, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and he worked his butt off for it. Yeah. 
<laughs> I always go back to it's kind of the reason why I don't like celebrating or celebrating my birthday. Mm. Like I just don't, don't like the accolades of you don't like being the center of attention. No, I do not like being the center of attention and the accolades that are there with that. And it's yeah. like I'm trying to be better with that, but I'm not very good. <laughs> I don't think you have to be better at that. Well, I think for me, in my perspective, I want to be able to express to somebody that I appreciate the willingness to tell me good job or the willingness to say happy birthday, right? Mm-hmm. Like I need to appreciate that more instead of trying to like hide it and hunker down. Anyways, there's there's a level of humility there and there's a, a healthy level of right. that healthy balance of not being arrogant or entitled or to attention or I don't know how to describe that, but on one end of the spectrum and then the other end is like shying away from it and being well, and I think it's so uncomfortable with it. One of the things and I, and and it sticks out in my, my mind is that there have been people who have told me that I am just a diva, like, Uh. right. That, and I don't want to come off like that. And he's an arrogant diva. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, you're not you're, an arrogant diva. What did, what did <laughs> I, you're such a diva that you don't even know what it means to be a diva. Like, what, what did I do to this person to make them think that I was an arrogant mm. diva? Now, mind you, I know that that individual probably was doing a little bit of projection. I was going to say it's a hundred percent projection. And anyways, but I didn't know that at the time, and it stills like, okay, am I am I in check? Like, I don't want to flaunt too many things. It's so funny to me because. My brother, my own brother who lives here in Boise, who I was supposed to go, he wanted me to go to his house and have a Super Bowl party with him. Uh And I told him no, because we were planning to have a little shindig here at our house. He called me yesterday and said, Matt, like, did you actually, did you, mom said that you may have gone to the Super Bowl. (laughs) I'm like. (laughs) Nobody in his family knew he had actually gone to the Super Bowl. Hey, come to our Super Bowl party. Oh, I can't. I, I already have plans that night. Yeah. Which are the Super Bowl. <laughs> In person. But oh, it's like, really funny. so yeah, he calls me a week later, right after the Super Bowl. He's like, hey, did you go to the Super Bowl? I'm like, uh, yeah, I did. He's like, yeah. When mom brought it up to me yesterday, I was like, eh, it sounds like Matt, but I don't know. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. I don't know. And I get that. You don't want to brag. You don't right. want to be braggy about some good thing that happened to you that isn't. Right. I mean, that's a. That's a big deal. And then an experience that not a lot of people have had the opportunity to and, do. And you and want to brag about it. Yeah. And it's funny because like it was so like, I don't know. I, I really liked this. During the halftime show, Sarah sends me a text message and says, Dad, you're so lucky. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I am. I am lucky. But also like, and I haven't shared this with her, but like I worked my butt off. Like, yeah. And so I don't know. Anyways, there's that there's that perspective and that balance of trying to figure out, okay, how do I integrate, you know, what is luck and what is really hard work? I think those who combination. Yeah, I think those who really work extremely hard tend to look at it being there's a lot of luck that happens in their life. Instead of acknowledging the hard work you've put into it. Exactly. This is how your mind works. Yeah, that's how my mind. (laughs) Don't worry, I and, brag about him and <laughs> say all of the things, and he's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but that is my nature. Right. Like, I sit here listening to Matt and his nature and how he feels braggy and showy. I'm like, but that's me. Like, I love 
not just saying what I've done and all these things I've accomplished, but I like attention. I like being loud and being, you know, throwing the party and talking to all the people and... But I would never describe you as braggy. Which I'm so glad. I'm trying to think of why (laughs) that is, like what makes the difference. And I think there's just... I don't know. I well, think there, I think there you can see the reasons behind someone wanting to share those things, maybe. And <laughs> for you, I just don't ever get that it's. Well, thanks. I appreciate. Yeah. That. And a lot of times when she's talking to somebody, and in my mind, when she's sharing things, I'm like, "Why are you sharing that? Like, what are you doing? Like, they don't need to know that. Like, and it's just like, okay, that's her, and I wouldn't say something like that. And I guess this is why we balance each other out <laughs> this is funny because he never tells me this no <laughs> well what am i supposed to say <clears throat> shut up jess like, well, they don't need to know that part you could tell me shut later your mouth. Of jess, no, but, you really didn't need to share that <laughs> but i don't want you to think i i don't know i just don't want you to have this thought of oh i i guess i is this good to share or is this not i don't want you well to i stop do being actually you. think about things that i share yeah. More than it may appear. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a filter. Okay. Yeah, I understand I it is a very broad filter for many people, but you're right. It is who I am. Right. And it has its, I see how my being able to share helps a lot of people in well, being able to be themselves and, and it's to understand funny they're not alone. Sometimes you'll show up to the office and you'll be like, jump in the office and then talk to somebody in the office and be like, hey, did you know Matt did this? I'm like, shut up. Like, why are you telling him that? I didn't. <laughs> but you know what? Anyway. They love you even more because they I know. know you better. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. We kind of digressed there, but it all, it all streamlined. It was all Kinda, related yeah. topic. Mm-hmm. We just <laughs> continued forward. Let's just keep telling ourselves that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one lady still thinks that this is just a bunch of chatter at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> and I'm okay with that, you guys. <laughs> no, but just, I mean, coming back to all of this, I feel it's important that we are real and not just... Every once in a while, people will be like, well, isn't this just toxic positivity? I'm like, no, if you go listen to what we're saying and the things we really talk about, we're not just throwing toxic positivity out there, but we're hoping that people can gain some hope for their own lives, that they can see how to work through things and how to gain hope of, hey, it's been hard and it's going to be hard, but you can get there's, through it. There's good on there's the other hope. side, and there is hope. I, w- I hope people get that. So there you go. The takeaway for me from this episode is just a little extra self-awareness of my reactions to things in my relationship, of how much of my reaction right now has to do with this scenario, this person, this moment, and how much of it has to do with something prior and completely unrelated. Yeah. and it Just can, to try and be aware of that. and just, Yeah. And it's okay if it was from something prior and unrelated. That's a flag of some sort saying, hey, you should probably take care of this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and express it to that person of say, hey, I just realized that this is why I'm responding this way. Mm. And I I wasn't aware of that until now. And I want to figure that out. And then that person can say, oh, I, I see you. 
I, like, I get okay, it. Okay, I wondered why you felt so strongly about this odd thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it usually is I weird. Why you things. were so opinionated about this <laughs> meaningless little thing? <laughs> and then you blame it all on me. It's just his fault. <laughs> Steve three is nice wearing having that tattoo. We could keep going for days and days and talking about all of these things. Like, oh, for sure. Like, for example, me with cars. Like, when you drive a car, like I'm pretty meticulous about you've got our brand new car like the wheels are scratched up a Come little on, bit you're like, gonna say our baby <laughs> no our brand new car is like okay how did she scratch those wheels i don't know i anyways but <laughs> i learning to let some of that go you're like really good at letting things go <laughs> <laughs> i just don't look at them anymore <laughs> anyways Okay, well, friends. I hope you enjoyed it. Next week. I did. Enjoyed our therapy session for Steve. <laughs> I am... Nobody else did. At least I did. <laughs> awesome. Really excited for next week's episode. I am interviewing somebody, and we are going to dive in more about the co-parenting blended family side of things and how it okay. was for her in that. I mean, obviously, we're talking about most of the things that we were dealing with were because of our previous relationships, but... We'll get in in better detail with her about that. And I'm excited about that. Cool. And yes, if you are interested in my free workshop, please go get signed up. We will be identifying three things, three areas of your life where you can take action to get clarity as you are moving through the emotional fog of having a spouse or a partner come out and acknowledging your own feelings of you may be carrying anger and bitterness and all these things and that that's okay. We're going to help you work through those. So go sign up. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Husband-in-Law. All right, now we have a challenge for you. We challenge you to go give someone a huge hug or send a simple gratitude note who needs to receive it specifically from you. If you've enjoyed this episode and you haven't subscribed yet, please be sure to do so now. Also, don't forget to give us a review. We read every single one of them. Until next time, keep striving to make your relationship the best it can possibly be.